You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, as the case may be, as we're just hitting that just afternoon time here uh, in the East Coast, here in the West Coast, 9 a.m. A lovely Sunday morning here. Not as lovely as last week. If those of you who have joined us uh, last week, I was live from Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, down at the Baja California Peninsula, and it was just amazing. I mean, it's crazy to think that some parts of the country are are like in major snow and cold weather coming on. Up Even here in, in Southern California, up in the mountains uh, at night's already been freezing and below they've already gotten some snow and you know uh, an hour plane ride away an hour and a half away and it's uh, 90 degrees and hot and gorgeous and humid sunny etc anyway back to reality back to some insanity this week at the office as i would expect nothing less it's like every time i'm gone i think okay great this is great i'm gonna have a vacation and I'm allowed, I think. I work pretty hard. I'm five days a week. Or, uh, I don't know many of my classmates uh, who've been out you know, over 30 years that are still working five, six days a week. But I am one of those idiots that is. Anyway, it was uh, great to have a break. But inevitably, I get back. And it is so crazy busy because people, unless they have a real emergency, oh, no, Dr. Warburg, I did Wednesday do back. Oh, he'll be back next week. Oh, okay, it can wait. So before you know it, I'm double or triple booked and I have walk-ins and I don't think there was one night after I got back that I, I was not there till at least 9 p.m. So uh, I guess uh, it's like pay me now or pay me later. I'm going to get beat up regardless. But it was uh, it was a great time. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on Pet Life Radio. I know you might have other better things to do on Sunday. I doubt it, but it's good to have you here. Uh, I want to get a hold of you. You want to get a hold of me. So you can uh, join us live here on Pet Life Radio, the number 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. That's our phone number, toll free. Just come on in. You can also join us in conversation. You can just log on to PetLifeRadio.com and uh, kind of click on the Ask the Vets tab with Dr. Jeff, and you can join us here live. And we want to talk about anything. You have a question. You have a problem. You don't understand something your veterinarian tried to explain to you about a, a condition, a process, and you want a little more information. If you have a tough decision to make, it's amazing how much I do that now. As many of my patients, uh, you know, when you practice a long time, you have a lot of old patients. And you also have a lot of patients, unfortunately, that are no longer with us. But I think it's very difficult for many, many clients to know when is the right time. So it's really uh, also kind of something I do a lot of is help with that process. So let's hear from you. And once again, I want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong for uh, helping us be here with you live on air. So while you guys are getting uh, the courage to uh, give us a call, I'd like to sort of scan some of the pet news sites. One of them is it's called the Animal Health Smart Brief. It's by the, put out by the American Veterinary Medical Association. And uh, I was just copying down some interesting things. First of all, there's a great story. And these, these are terrific stories. And I, I've heard them similar, but whether they're glitz, whether they're kind of made up, I don't know. But this one's real. And that it's about two dogs that, that sort of got out. I think it was um, Barney and Marley. And one was a Great Pyrenees and one was a Shepherd mix. And someone left the door ajar. The dogs got out. And sadly, the shepherd mix, I think it was Barney, was hit by a car and killed. And it turns out that the Pyrenees sat with him for, they didn't specify how long, but long enough. 
It could have been a day or so. Just sat there, people driving by. He had no ID on him. So the local word started going out, and obviously the owners came home to find their door was open and two dogs gone. So they started doing their search, and they finally did find and claim the Pyrenees. But how sad is that? I mean, you know, it's amazing how we don't really know. We don't really understand. We know pretty much how our dogs and cats bond with us. But it's so interesting to note how amazingly well they bond with each other in many cases. Sometimes they don't. I think it's more so in dogs. Uh, I hear so often, I'm, I'm continuously talking to owners about their cats. And they have a, a situation where they had a cat or had two and one introduced a third. And it doesn't always go so well. I think that in the long haul, as I have many, it works out fine. It always has with me. I, and I think there's a reason for that. But I think that with, in generally with cats, it's not as predictably going to be good. You will have cats that sometimes at best may tolerate each other. You may introduce a new cat and the new cat and the resident cat never tolerate each other. They're always at odds. They're always fighting and hissing, uh, vying for your attention. Dogs, however, are a little bit more social. So they, they figure out a way to work into their social structure. And interestingly, my son, who, you know, we kind of adopted one of, his dogs, because he was at home, he got himself a Frenchie named Denzel. And every time he would take Denzel, after he moved and got his own place, when he would take Denzel over there, Denzel was so, so depressed. I think what happened was he missed clearly the insanity and the our other dogs. We had four other dogs. So he decided to bring Denzel back home. So Denzel is happy as can be here, loves when my son comes over, but he really belongs here with the other four dogs. So that brought us up to five. So he then got another Frenchie. And that dog, when he first came over here again, there was all the little growling and the little nipping and, and the hair going up, you know, the cack hackles going up in the back. And, and it, it took maybe, I don't know, an hour, half hour. And uh, now he's part of the gang also. But my son saw, he was on one of the websites that was a bulldog rescue website of Southern California. And there was a nine-year-old, well, they said nine, we found out it was actually eight, male English bull that was really neglected. I, it's hard to say abused because I don't think he was abused, but certainly neglected. He had, his skin was terrible. He was skinny. He was a little fearful, like he was very head shy. You could just tell he needed a loving home. And so my son thought that, hey, why not bring him in? First of all, it would be great for Carlos, the new Frenchie, to have a playmate. And secondly, even though English Bulldogs aren't going to typically live to 15, but even if he can give them three, four, five good years, that's better than the life he's had. So he brings this dog home. We check him out. Actually, he looks pretty good. In fact, I did a blood test on him. He's from a, right now, from a health perspective, he's amazing. And it maybe took a few days at best. And you should see the two of these dogs, Carlos and now his name is Mo, play. It's unbelievable to me. You couldn't train a dog to do any better. And this was unreal. And then when uh, when he brought Mo over to our house for the first time with five other dogs, it was the only one, actually, the one that the worst one was little Denzel, who I think maybe even though Denzel still thinks he's my son's dog, even though he lives here and he's thrilled with the other dogs and he's got the life of Riley here. And yet he was the only one that was a little bit jealous about Mo's introduction. Didn't last very long. They all play now. So now it's like when they come over, we have seven dogs. Who needs a dog park? Just come to Jeff's house. It's great. They have a, such a great time. So anyway, that was a good smart brief. Another thing that they had with holidays coming, I think this is important to know. And for the next couple of weeks, 
We will be talking a lot about holidays, cold weather tips, etc. Traveling with your pets, that's a good one. We're going to talk about that coming up. But just as a reminder, as we, we decorate our homes, it's a very festive time. It's a very joyous time. But you need to be careful because there are some plants, for example, oleander, sago palm, castor bean plant, interestingly. And of course, we've talked a lot about it. Lilies can be very, very, very toxic to our pets. Lilies and cats, especially oleander, interestingly, is the drug digitalis or digitoxin or digoxin. These are all the cardiac glycosides. These are derivatives of oleander. So just as we know, certain, I mean, you know, you could take some plants that a lot of the stuff that we use, I mean, penicillin came from a mold. So there are a lot of drugs that we use. And one of them, for example, the older fashion, but still very readily available, flea killer comes from chrysanthemum. Pyrethrins, natural pyrethrins come from chrysanthemum, which is, again, you know, a cute little flower. So be very, very wary. Be very, very cautious. There are tons of websites you can go on to look at and to see what plants, what around my house that I think I'm going to pull out for the holidays that could be dangerous to my pets and get become familiar with it. And as you decorate, you should sort of keep these things in mind. Speaking of which, there are also some that are overrated. For example, poinsettia. I read somewhere that a dog would have to eat about a bushel of poinsettia, and it wouldn't be actually any ingredient or active agent within the plant itself that's the toxic or the problem. It's going to be the, the physical amount of leaves causing a blockage or something inside the intestine. And you know, you could eat a dog could eat that much cardboard. And cardboard itself is not toxic, but if you eat a bushel of it, uh, you're going to have a pretty sick dog. So some of these things are overrated. Uh, as we discussed uh, recently, chocolate, milk chocolate, the one that's most commonly found in most of the things that most people eat, is not nearly as toxic as, say, dark chocolate or baker's chocolate or the, the unsweetened, pure cocoa chocolate. That's the bad stuff. That's the stuff we have to worry about, the methoxanthines, the caffeine so the theobromine, that's the stuff that, that will uh, cause the problem. So, oh, by the way, speaking of toxins, we talked about this uh, a while back about the xylitol. So I had written a little um, article, blog, I don't know, some magazine needed it. So I, I put something together. And this week I had two interviews just because of xylitol toxicity. And what's so interesting in talking to my good friend who's been a guest on my show, Dr. Justine Lee, who is boarded in emergency medicine, critical care, and in toxicology that one of the articles I read, which is a few years old now, was talking about how xylitol got so important in the first place. It's really not that great a sugar substitute. It's, it's still got, it's only like you know 40% less sugar, or one report I read, 33% less sugar. So it's still got two-thirds the calories of sugar. And yet it causes all these problems in dogs because of insulin and hypoglycemia. At higher doses, it can cause uh, what we call you know hepatic or liver diseases, liver necrosis, hepatic necrosis. But they did promote it for having certain benefits for people. The reason why it was found so often in many oral care products is they found it was somewhat antibacterial in the mouth, which of course we know our mouth is loaded with bacteria. And they said it had some immune stimulation properties and therefore it was okay with for kids. Well, it turns out now, according to Dr. Lee, that a lot of these pro points, the pros of xylitol in the first place for at least people are now being debunked. 
not true. They're doing more research. They're finding out that it's not the case. It's not as beneficial as was once thought. So therefore, there's really no reason for it anyway. And one of the things that, that when I was on an interview on, on WebMD, I think they call it Radio MD, Radio MD, I was on this week, and we got to talk the subject about, you know, pets, of course, and xylitol toxicity, and I mentioned peanut butter. And interestingly, because I've never seen it, I don't, I mean, I still like good old-fashioned peanut butter, but apparently the uh, host of the show had some of the sugar-free or low-calorie peanut butter sweetened with, of course, xylitol. So when we think about things that we so commonly do or did, for example, grapes. How often? I used to do it all the time. I'm guilty. Guilty is charged. I would sit down and have my dog sit. I love to watch him catch. And I would take the grapes out and toss them in the air. And he would jump up and grab the grapes. And, and now I find out five years later, I could be poisoning my dog. And same thing with xylitol. You, you have that pill. You know you want to make the pill fun to give. You don't want them opening his mouth and shoving it down his throat and getting to hate your guts. So what do you do? You wrap it in peanut butter. Plus, it's really funny to watch a dog eat peanut butter. And all of a sudden, now you find out that if the peanut butter is an unsweetened or, or a low-cal peanut butter, you could be actually poisoning your dog with xylitol. Anyway, don't go away. It's that halfway point in our show. It goes so fast. So don't go away. We'll be back in a minute here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. See you in a minute. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Pet 
And welcome back. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on SFS with Dr. Jeff. Uh, we want to hear from you. Simply 877-385-8882. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Let's talk about pets. Let's talk about your pets. Let's talk about holidays, traveling, whatever you want to talk about, medical stuff. I love it all. Uh, you can also just join the conversation here. Just log into PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets tab, and uh, you can do it that way too. If you're like, if you don't want to hear yourself on radio on uh, line, you can also. I think that there might be a, a Google Hangout way to join the conversation and actually be seen. And if not, we're working on that. So uh, that's another good thing. Anyway, oh, I told you I was reading the uh, Smart Brief, and I found this interesting also. That you know there are a number of diseases. We call them zoonotic diseases. These are the diseases that start in animals and can be transferred, transmitted to people. And uh, one of them, another one that we, of course, rabies. So then there are certain infectious, a lot of um, fungal diseases can be transmitted. So even some pediatricians think that pink eye, that if you have a dog with conjunctivitis, that they can give it to the, the kids too. So, but there is a new one that I found interesting. Not that I treat these varmints, these creatures. I don't know who does. Actually, I do know who does. Exotic veterinarians might, and zoo vets certainly do. But they found a respiratory virus. It's a coronavirus in the Chinese horseshoe bat that is transmissible to people. And it is one of the agents that they say causes SARS, which is an acute respiratory syndrome. So I thought that was probably, you know, pretty interesting that, you know, here's something from a, of all animals, creatures, a bat that can actually affect us as well. So, um, you know, something to, for me, it's more the concept conceptually, how we, we share so many diseases, we can benefit each other, the, the human side and the animal side from research done within these diseases. I actually think that from what I understand, a vaccine for the immunodeficiency viruses like AIDS and the feline immunodeficiency virus, probably we're closer on the veterinary side to finding out how to vaccinate because in the very, the very element, the very nature of the virus is immunosuppression. Well, when you inject a vaccine, you're giving that virus and it's usually in a killed form or it's in a what we call an attenuated or a modified live form, so it can't cause the disease. But to do that with these reverse transcriptate RNA viruses, that especially those like feline AIDS and feline leukemia virus, that within their very nature they cause immunosuppression. So you're you're trying to stimulate the immune system, but pretty hard to do that with something that's suppressing the immune system. So that has always been the challenge in making a vaccine for these infections. But what they're, I guess, trying to do is, is come up with something that antigenically looks like the real thing, but doesn't have the immunosuppressive property. And I think that's where the, the difficulty is. An immunologist, I'm not, but you would think that if it was so easy, it would have happened a long time ago. So clearly, it's a challenge. I was reading one of the other websites that I kind of peruse. I'm on the mailing list. It's called uh, Pet Place, uh, written by a uh, colleague, a veterinarian. And um, you know, I thought it was, when I first read it, I, kinda, I said, yeah, this is kind of cute, but you know, unnecessary. And then that, that very same week, this past week, I'm examining a cat. And cat looked pretty good, and, but was a, a little off. And one of the, the first things that go in a sick cat is their self-grooming. And the cat was kind of feeling better, but, but the coat was a little dry, flaky, some mats. I mean, it, it needed some help. 
So I told the owner that, you know, I think this week would be good. I was going to give her shampoo and told her she should give her cat a bath. And she about freaked. She goes, uh, I'm not giving this cat a bath. I said, why? It's so easy. And I realized what's easy for us may not be easy for you. So just in the last few minutes, I want to give you a couple of pointers how to bathe a cat. Well, here's some of the no's, the don'ts. Cats freak out with running water. A lot of cats don't like to be sprayed in the face. So what I recommend doing is get a bucket, uh, depending on the size of your cat. You can get one of those, those trays that busboys use when they clear a table. Or you can also get like a uh, – I just do it in the sink. So, so what I do is I will fill the sink with water maybe halfway up so the cat is almost wet to the shoulders area, not the head and neck for sure. Or if, you're, if you can get one of those, those sprayers, like those pot sprayers – but just let the water trickle. Don't let it run fast and hard. Use just lukewarm, warm water. It doesn't have to be hot, certainly not cold. And get a good you know, shampoo. Talk to your veterinarian, getting a good mild shampoo. And the first thing you want to do is either submerge, gently submerge the cat. The key is never let the cat go. If you can keep two hands most of the time, obviously it's preferable, but at least one hand. And it doesn't even have to be like a a heart, as long as the cat knows that it is being somewhat held. So it could be just a hand on the shoulders. It could be a scruff. Just make sure you have that control. What I like to do is I like to put the soap down the back, or you can already have pre-mixed soap. And then you can just put your hand in a a container of the pre-mixed soap, like a smaller little container, a bucket, a jar, and you can gently pour it on the cat, lather up. And again, I just only work really with direct soap, direct lather, direct shampoo up to about the neck, shoulders, and neck area. Then what I do is as I have the cat lathered up, I will take my hand, take some of the lather, and gently come on the top of the head, around the cheeks, underneath the neck the snout, making sure I don't get any in the eyes. In fact, it wouldn't be a bad idea. You can actually get from your veterinarian or even some pet stores a mild eye lube. It's basically artificial tears in an ointment form. So it kind of looks like, I don't know, it looks like a Neosporin or something, but it's just a little petroleum gel, and you can put that in the eyes. Now, one thing, though, I caution. People do that, and if soap gets in the eyes, they say, oh, it's okay because I have that lube in. It's protected. No, because what happens is that lube now acts as a wick, and the stuff just sits there. So you still want to be a bit more aggressive if you do get soap or shampoo or lather in the eyes to rinse the eyes off immediately. You know, there's nothing worse than a very superficial erosion in a dog or a cat from being bathed because it hurts like hell. And they start rubbing and they start tearing and their eyes get conjunctivitis. Be very careful. You don't want any kind of soap. Uh, Even if it's a baby tears, baby shampoo, it's still going to sting a cat or a dog. So anyway, so you have your cat. And then after he's lathered up, you let the lather sit. If If it's a medicated kind of shampoo, you should have at least five minutes, seven minutes of contact time. And then it's time to rinse off. At that point, you can either dump out the water and refill the sink. Or again, you could take a pot sprayer. Very gentle. What a good idea might be is you can take like a, a, a washcloth, thin or a rag, and you put it under or sort of around the pot sprayer handle and put a rubber band over it so it stays there. Now, when you push the handle and the water comes out, it's not spraying at all. It's kind of like a thick drip. And that way it doesn't freak the cat out. It doesn't make the sound. And these cats do well. So really, it is not that difficult to bathe a cat. And one thing I'd recommend for all of you out there that have young cats, even kittens, it's a great idea 
to start doing it now and let it become just part of a grooming. Cats usually don't need to have, be bathed, but it's better to have a cat used to it and not have to bathe him than a cat that is going to tear you apart because it needs a bath because of some sort of medical or skin problem. And one last thing, another trick of the trade. Typically, when we bathe, we trim nails. What you want to do is make sure that you trim the nails before the bath instead of during. Your arms will love you for that. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on Pet Life Radio. Um, once again, your uh, host, Dr. Jeff Werber. We will be here next week. I hope I will be traveling. I'm speaking uh, overseas, uh, but we're trying. We're going to try to see if I can hook up via Skype or, or Google Hangout or something. So, uh, Mark, my producer. On I here on Pet Life Radio, you can work on that. But if not, if we don't make it work, I'll be back in two weeks. So don't go away and think about questions, especially when it comes to holidays, holiday foods, holiday decorations, um, traveling. You're going to go on, and go on vacation with your pets. Um, I want to hear from you. We can talk about it and hopefully help everybody else as well. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSets, Pet Products, and Kong. Um, have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.